Welcome to the Soccer Podcast, where we talk soccer in Delaware, soccer in the rest of the world, and everything in between. My name is Sebastian, and this week I'm joined here by Dwayne. Yeah, we found a guy. We found and we found a guy. We found a guy that uh, has recently, I think, gone back to listening to the podcast and is catching up. And uh, I mean, I think he was. I think he's been. He's been more interested now that his name is per- permanently engraved on the podcast every week. Uh, Dan Simmons, Soccer Dan, is back on the on the podcast. What's up, Dan? Hey guys, thanks for having me back. Man, it's we missed been a you. while. We missed you. Well, I appreciate that, um, and it's an it is a tremendous honor to to be named for a weekly award. Uh, how big is the trophy that all the recipients receive? Just out of curiosity. Um, do you know? Remember those the, the state cup trophies? State cup trophies. Yeah, yep. uh, it's uh, a a um, ten thousand to one uh, replica of that. Okay. All right. So is it like an an NFT? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, it's a it's, yeah. Look at you. That's right. NFT. Yeah. <laughs> Boy is hip. <laughs> yep. That's right. I wish everybody on this podcast that's listening could have seen the grin that came up on Dwayne's face when I said NFT. (laughs) First, his eyes got big, and then this ear-to-ear grin. Do you think? What does Dan know about an NFT? Well, Dwayne, let me answer that. Nothing. I know nothing about (laughs) NFT. He just knows letters. He's just throwing letters out there. That's right. Um, Do you? Did I mean? Do you think Dwayne that we could we could do like a like a Dan Simmons soccer pot the soccer podcast NFT. NFT. I mean, I think it's worth a shot. Make some money. <laughs> it's worth a shot. Yeah, hey, I think that'd be a great a great way for you guys to fund um all from the, the podcast. That you guys incur for this. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we got offered to uh get sponsored for the podcast. We did, but then we never heard back. Me up, by the way. <laughs> yeah, then we never heard back. <laughs> How much support. were you guys going to have to pay them to get you sponsored? <laughs> they found us. No, they wanted to sponsor us. Yeah, for, for a nominal fee, yeah. you guys give them $1,000 a month and they'll ensure that you have $500 a month. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but then we have to find three other podcasts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there you go. And then we can up it to $800 a month. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, and it all came with a box of tropical fruit that we had to try to sell as well. <laughs> and newspapers. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, Dan, Dan's back. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to talk about a few things today, but uh, I want to start out with, with high school soccer. Dan, you're obviously involved with Polytech High School. Very small. Okay. But, um, I've been out to... Uh... Uh, one session this year. Okay. How was that uh, session? Uh, um, it, it was good. I just worked with uh, a new goalkeeper. Oh. That, that, that Dwayne also works with. Panther. The Panther. Uh-huh. She's got um, Panther-like reflexes. She does. Yeah. Uh, but no, because of my, because of my, um, my health issues, uh, it, it makes it difficult for me to get out there right after school. Yeah. So um, I've, I've kind of backed off with the high school a little bit um, this spring. Um, 
but uh, I, I hope to get back out there before the season ends. And they, they had a big game yesterday. Better alma mater. Yeah. Oh, D high. Yep. Oh, how'd it go? Two, two, one. They got the dub two, one. Yeah. Polytech one. Yeah. Yeah. And all right. Well, I mean, I guess that's good. Being an alumnus of uh, Dover high and, and then having my current player. I mean, that's, I guess that's a, that's a good result as far as dancing. Winning the way, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. You really, you're either going to put on the Letterman jacket or put in your, uh, put on your work polo. <laughs> yeah. Um, I'm so old, Dwayne. We don't we, we don't have Letterman jackets. It was a it was a vinyl jacket with a hood. That's as close was it as like I got. was it like the like John Travolta and Grease jacket? Um, almost, <laughs> almost, <laughs> just a a three quarter pullover. That's it. <laughs> yep. See if they can get the uh, Dover High alumni together for a game, so everybody can wear their jackets. I'm trying to see oh, that. Geez. I don't think they've done that in like 20 years. I don't think they've done that since Pepper left. Yeah. That'd be that'd be great. I would um, I would I would pay I would pay at least 10 bucks for that. Yeah. Charge 10 bucks for the fundraiser. I would I think I think one of the last ones was to try, I think, like a five dollar donation or something, and then they gave the money to I don't know, like something within the school. I would, I would, uh, I would pay, I would pay to see, like, I don't think I, I don't, I don't think I would want to watch an 11 v 11 alumni game. Um, like a 7 v 7 condensed field. Look, what what was happening is most of the people, uh, this was on typically the following Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. Um, would go out to the bar. They, so they'd go to the bar, not the players, but our friends would go to the bar and then they would come to the field. Um, to watch us get hurt. Essentially, what they, were, they weren't there to see the game. They just wanted to see how long it would take for one of us to pull up with a with a hammy or you know <laughs> fall over because they couldn't breathe anymore. <laughs> that that's what it was. That that's why people showed up. I, I mean, mean, we'd get like fifteen to twenty people. I mean, Dwayne, you going up against a tackle against Chad? Chad, first of all, Chad ain't going out there. <laughs> Chad's not going out there. Um, he ain't going out there. <laughs> Chad might have been out there like twenty years ago, maybe. <laughs> then he retired. Um, he showed he up with some there. with some bright new Adidas boots, and I was like, <laughs> "I just need to show you guys what I got." <laughs> <laughs> They're probably still sitting in his closet too. They weren't uh, in that trash bag. <laughs> in the trash bag. <laughs> uh, um. But yeah, I I would I would I would love to see that. And with better Luke, question is Chad is Chad coming to bring the smoke to me? I mean, the, I so from what I've known about Chad and at least the way he's coached, I've never seen him. I've only seen him play I think once in one like player versus coaches game that we did. But what I've known about Chad, considering he was a defender, um, I, I don't think the fact that you're probably faster than him will make a difference to him. Because he's gonna find a way to make sure that your speed doesn't matter. <laughs> he's gonna put his cleats in your Achilles. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna try to say it politely, but yeah. <laughs> in fact, I think Chad might have been the one that, that taught me that. <laughs> hey, I remember I remember him telling me about if you go and defend, 
you got to put your knee in the in the forwards like thigh <laughs> right when you go yep. <laughs> right when they get it yeah see there you go man i think that's the that's the way to go um but yeah that would be cool i'd love to see lou as the uh as one of the the coaches i mean there's some there's some historical coaches there at dover i mean chad and dan both coach there too yeah there you go at the same time. Yep. That was fun. And we we could you so Sebastian, you're talking about high school um and the situations that, that we deal with. We would have been arrested <laughs> and tried for some of the things that we did or that we thought were appropriate back then. Yeah. Um like DFS would have been in there. Uh, it would not have been definitely not good. safe sport certified there. Um, not safe sport certified, especially uh, you know the, in preseason. Oof. I mean, some um, of us almost got arrested. They had the cops show up to our house. <laughs> another story. Like, times the times have changed, and and I think um, it's got an impact a, on the players. Oh, a, a lot of it is for the better, you know. Um, but there was no periodization, you know, uh, um, like after listening to um, James Wagon shoots last week and hearing the periodization, you think, man, we have come so far with our intelligence. Back then it was, oh, we ran really hard today. Guess what we're going to do tomorrow? Run harder. <laughs> but we're going to wait until it's hotter. And we're going to reduce the amount of water that we're going to provide. And don't go home and eat because you only get fatter. <laughs> I mean that that was our our methodology back then. Yeah, um, I mean, <laughs> do you think? Well, no, but here's but here's the question, right? So you've you've been on both sides of uh, to a certain extent, both sides of the high school soccer of of the back then and the now. Yes. I've had a situation recently with some uh, some some players that have been upset with what their the comments that their own parents are making on the sideline. Okay. Do you think that are you allowed to share those comments? Uh, I don't. I don't really want to. Okay. But they've been negative. All right. So is it the comment is aimed at the their player? Own, their own player, like their own kid. Like Susie, you like need you yelling to at work Bowen. harder. Like you yelling at Bowen. Like, like Bowen, you're fat and out of shape, or Bowen work harder. <laughs> uh, the first one. Boom. Okay. All right. Um, was that was that an issue back then as well? Like when you and Chad were coaching. Um. I, I, um. Probably, but again, like we, we, we trained uh, again, it was different. Like in the first two weeks, kids probably lost 10 pounds. Right. I just say it, it was different. You know, like it, yeah. Um, I mean, there, kids were, kids were outside more often. <laughs> so they were, I mean, they were athletic, but they were used to being outside. They were used to exercise and they were used to moving. So even if you weren't, you know, 
weight-wise where you want it to be, you still moved outside. Well, and, and, like, and so it's like that's a, a big part of it. But also, like when it's coming from a parent, who controls that their kid's fitness more than the kid? Like, the the parent is the next person, right? Like, what are you feeding the kid? What are you doing to encourage your kid? Yeah, I think my to, my to point, stay healthy. Like, yeah, I think my thing with this you know, is less about the less about the fitness part of it, more about just the the behavior. So, but and again, like that, I think sometimes a lot of that stuff is internalized by the parent. I think the parents are like, "Oh man, my kid is embarrassing me." What do you mean? Like, you can't take that personally. Yeah. As a parent, you like, if you are going to, what are you doing to help? fix it right it, does that make sense like yeah. you know sometimes you're you're encouraging your kid hey come on let's work harder let's go get up the field move but that's not a necessarily a negative thing um you know and that if that's it that could be what is a kid eating before during the game to help give them the energy to to go if if everything else is is equal but if they're saying that well you're not prepared to be out here at the beginning of the season and get the get the truck rolling what are they going to do yeah what is the parent doing um because a lot of times parents are just like um you know i'm only doing something that's structured and that's just with the coach well when the kid when parent gets home and the kid is sitting on the couch or in their bedroom and the parent hasn't seen them like well, why aren't you saying hey um let's let's go for a walk or let's, let's get moving let's, let's create healthy yeah i mean let's create healthy uh habits to help the kid be prepared is that is that kind of answering your question yeah yeah i think you know i think the the hard part with this has been so far and i've you know i've experienced it at all levels i think with high school specifically, I think I I'm more receptive to it um, because I spend a lot more time with the players. In high school soccer, I spend a lot more time with the players in a short amount of time. So for that like two and a half month period, I feel like I'm extremely connected to those kids just because of the amount of time I spent with them. Um, so I feel like I'm I'm more hyper aware to the idea of what what parents are saying or what what the impact of of what a parent says. Um, and I feel like, you know, it's, and I think, and, and I, and players have pointed this out to me that I've, that I've had for a long time that I've changed in the way that I've coached since I've had kids myself, myself, like it, I don't coach the same way before kids and after kids. Um, especially now as my kids start to get older and, and do activities or sports or, or potentially soccer as well. Um, and then you're in one of those, you're in one of those at times I think almost rare spots as a as a coach that's also a parent of a soccer player that you coach a different team that your kids on. Now you've coached one of your sons for for quite some time, but at the same time you've also coached teams at the same time that your kid's not on. Um, well, the two part thing here, but for the first part is, you know, how do you how do you find that balance? And and do you feel like you're affected more by the comments when it comes when it comes to being a parent when when things like that are said? 
Well, and let's not forget, I have a wife that's very passionate about this stuff too. Yeah, so, oh, very passionate. Like, <laughs> so, very, very uh, passionate. Um, Super passionate. So, one of the things I think you'll find yourself, and I think most people that are involved in in the sport and coaching, um, compared to parents that have just maybe played and been involved in their kids' lives, is when you're standing on the opposite side of the field, hearing parents say things that you totally disagree with, that gives you an impression of your parents. So we have a, we have an option. We can try to educate them and risk alienating them because they're always going to think they're right because they're paying the bill. Sometimes they'll agree with you um, and, and they'll make changes. Um, or you can be cordial when you get to the game, say hi to everybody and then sit at the opposite end of the field from them on the same sideline and, and just stay, stay out of the, out of the way. Um, which is, I think what I probably do a lot because I'm not going to tell a parent on the same sideline as I'm sharing on the same team that I'm, I'm rooting for, you know, if it's Bowen's team and saying, Hey, listen, you guys are saying all the wrong stuff. You're, you're, you're telling the kids the wrong things. Um, just watch the game and cheer your kid or yeah. cheer the team. But like, there's no reason to be negative through the course of this because that could get you in even more trouble. Yeah. So sometimes it's just better to, to bring my comfy chair, sit back, stay away and, um, and just watch the game. And and I think you'll find that as your kids get older and they get involved, because are we going to try to educate every parent we want to? But we can't even get them to stop yelling at the referee. I mean, it's so much so that they're we're enacting new initiatives to to try and prevent that. Like, yeah. how many referees do we have to chase out of this game before parents start realizing? Like, just sit there and be quiet. It's yeah. not the World Cup. Your kid's not winning a trophy at a league game. So, just just be happy that your kid is active for that two hour period that they are there. Go get mcdonald's at the end of it or whatever you know and and be grateful that you're able to spend that time with your kid um and 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 i think and i'm probably speaking out of turn for my son but i think he probably enjoys the fact that his parents are involved in his life and that we're not being critical of him um and if and i think as a parent if you feel that you have to be critical because you're paying money for it then save your money because you're going to need it for therapy sessions. <laughs> I mean, for, for either you or your player, I'm not sure which, but um, I mean, I think sometimes, that, and we talk about it all the time. There's been videos made every coaching course you go to, there's that they bring up a, a video of either the coach on the wrong things or the parents on the wrong things or like the anger that you see. And, and it's just easier to, to try to remind yourself, this is just supposed to be entertaining and a good time. Yeah. Um, in, a, in a high school, like you said, like you're around those kids a lot and they're around each other a lot. So they've yeah. created, I'm not going to say special bonds, but, but somewhat different bonds. Yeah. Because they're in class. Mm -hmm. They, they have the same friend clicks or they're trying to get into a click and the parents want their kids to be into a click or not being, you know, 
So there's like even more emotions, I think, involved at times, you know, because the parents are seeing each other typically two days a week, Mm -hmm. at least for games. And then any other time they might see each other. Right. And they've known these kids all their lives. And so maybe there's some familiarity that's developed because sometimes you hear parents saying things to to another kid it's not even theirs yeah that you would you just kind of look at and you're like wow that's not really appropriate i don't think does that no no i i agree um i have a follow-up question because i think i think it does bring up the point of so as a parent let's just say let's just talk about you and and your son specifically right so um do you feel like as your son was starting to play you made a game plan with your wife about what kind of support you were going to provide from a sideline perspective or you just kind of figured it out as you went um so i i will say that my wife has been really helpful as far as just saying well look it's just got to be fun and like Dwayne has mentioned in previous podcasts my wife will cheer for the other team. Yeah. If they're kicking our team's butt all over the field, she will still cheer for a, a good play made by the other team. Yeah. Um, so she is out there um, just, I think, enjoying. For the good of the game. For the good of the game. For, for the most the part. Now, the more educated she gets, the more angry she gets, I think, sometimes. Because <laughs> <laughs> I, I have. I have had to ask her to stop saying things, but, but it's mostly it's, it is for the good of the game. And she has had to tell me, and this is going back a few years. Hey, look, just let it go. And not that I would be angry at my, my kid about what happened. Um, but it would, it's more like if I said, well, listen, we're going to work on these things. She would say, no, you wait for him to come to you Mm -hmm. to say, Hey, Dad, I want to work on something, or what can I work on, or any of that. So she's been a, a, a good buffer, um, especially at the younger age, you know, to to get them come up. And now, you know, both of my boys will would say, "Hey, what what do you think about, or what do I need to work on, or?" And then we can talk about it. But you know, the the kid has to open the door first. Yeah, because if if as a parent you go at them and start saying things um that's only going to turn them off yeah you know uh, and create that resentment um and that i see and have seen over the last you know, however many 15 20 20 years give or take of, of high school soccer i mean you see kids that start out doing really well and then this the parents get involved or other parents get involved or kids get involved and and a kid that has a, you know, a, a promising high school career ahead of them, they just flake out. You know, injuries come up that really make no sense that they should be stuck with or whatever. But they, they just don't want to be there. Like that, that kind of passion and the, the love is gone for for no reason other than somebody trying to live vicariously through them. Yeah. Um. All right. So, second part of the original question. 
Um, how do you, cause I, I've found this difficult at times, especially expressing it to other parents without really expressing it because, um, we choose to do this, right. We choose to do the idea of, of coaching soccer. It's, it's, you know, we, we want to do it, but at times, obviously it does become harder with, with life and family and all that other stuff. So how do you find that balance and, you know, how do you make those decisions of, uh, I can't go watch my own kid play or, or do something because I have to go coach other kids. Um, I think I've gotten better about that. I try to be better about it, but I mean, it, we're not choosing this as volunteers. Right. And so that's, that's got to be the defining factor, whether you're getting paid um, $500 a season or $50,000 a season, you know, like you've chosen to be a professional at it. So you can't look at parent in the face and say, well, you're only paying me this amount of money, right? You, you have to be professional about it. Um, which, which did make it difficult in, in my own personal situation at times, because my son would be playing an hour away. Um, and so I would still have to, to go to the games that I was coaching because I chose to, to do this. I mean, it's part of your prof- professional responsibilities. Um, regardless of how much it, it is. Yeah. If I was a volunteer coach, I could say, eh, I'm not going to make it. I'm going to go see my own kid play. Somebody else can cover it. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I think that's the, the, ter- the, de- excuse me, the determining factor is, are, are you getting paid to do this stuff? Um, and therefore you have responsibilities to, to live up to, um, or are, are you, just there because nobody else will do it. Yeah. Um, and yes, unfortunately you have to decide at the end of the season, do I want to keep doing this Right. and say, I don't want to miss any more of my kids stuff. Um, any, any, you know, we try to, to plan to not have that happen. Right. I mean, you know, you hope that you you're able to make those things, but um, and you just try to schedule your games or practices around your family as much as you can. Sometimes it's it's inevitable, um, but it, it it has happened, and you just have to you have to take it in that perspective. I think as somebody that's getting paid to do it. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, all right, one last one last like. It also comes down to a scheduling person, right? Hundred percent. Yeah, so I've got the best scheduler out there. Yeah. Um. Uh, all right. One last. One last. Uh, father coach. Uh, question. How do you know? Uh, when it's time to say, I no longer need to coach my kid, or I no longer, or I should step back from coaching my kid. When you can find a better option, <laughs> like I, I mean, I think about it because um, obviously I, I had to do that with with my own son. But then I think, you know, you look at like few times, yeah. Well, I mean, but think about 
like the Bradleys. So, yeah, I mean, are you getting a better coach than Mike Bradley for his son growing up? No, Bob Bradley. I mean, yeah, I'm Bob Bradley. Sorry, yeah. yeah. Um, you know, is is that? So he was probably always the best coach his son could have had, but he didn't do it forever. You know, and I'm I'm certainly not in that situation. But when you when I look at it, like I need to step back and see it's not just my kid because I'll be there to help my kid forever. It's how am I continuing to help the other players? Right. And that's what I I kind of I had to look at was all right. My kid needs more. Um, and as a parent, you're or at least I'm I'm cognizant of it because I don't want other parents saying, oh, well, he only cares about his kid. Yeah. And so so you have to look at you have to put it in perspective and look at the whole picture and say, are other kids benefiting from me being here? And are they is the benefit that they're receiving detrimental to the growth of my own kid or, or vice versa? You know, am I holding 15 other kids back for my kid? Um so that's that's one you you I mean and as coaches we're we're always analyzing our teams ourselves what we're doing so it, it can't be any different um, when it, when your own kids involved with it uh, you, you just have to realize that I'm no Bob Bradley so I'm I'm going to see if I can come up with a, a better situation for my kid and sometimes for some people it's Okay, my kids want to leave the team, or I leave the team. Right. You know, um, and and that's happened. So you know, many times with with people I you know friends of mine that, that coach their kids, and regardless of the sport, um, you know, you, you just you hope you're doing the best thing, but if you're not analyzing it, you you may not be. Yeah. Um. All right, let's shift gears a little bit. So I'm currently running. I don't know if I told you this, Dan, but I'm currently running a U3 to U4 or, yeah, four and five-year-old, three, four, five-year-old program on Tuesday mornings. Okay. Which uh, you and I have talked about this before that that is not necessarily where I've always felt the most comfortable. But it's fun, isn't it? Uh <clears throat> <laughs> I channel my inner inner Dan Simmons and Kyle Graves. Mm-hmm. So uh I had a I had a situation on Tuesday where I felt like the session was definitely not going according to plan. Um it was in and I for a brief period of time for a good like 10 seconds, I had to like take a deep breath and almost gather my thoughts of like. Do I continue to press the issue or do I just let the kids just kind of do whatever they want to a certain extent and play the game they want to play? Um, why do you think you've enjoyed? Because I feel like you enjoyed coaching little little kids before. Um, why do you think you, you've enjoyed that part of it? And do you ever get used to the unpredictability of it? Yeah. Um... I'll tell you, I mean, that's that's real simple. So, actually, you're a better planner than I am. 
<laughs> you you overplanned. <laughs> like at, that, at that age group, what do you have them for? An hour? 45 minutes. 45 minutes. So, I mean, you figure the, the, the first third of it, if we say, is just kind of a, a free-for-all. And then you try to get maybe seven to eight minutes of structured time, and then you send them for drinks, and then maybe another seven to eight minutes of structured time, and then, then you just play games. Like something, it doesn't even have to be a game with the ball. Yeah. Right? What's important to kids at this age? And this is my, my, one of my, my favorite quotes. It came from Dr. Lou. Was, it doesn't matter what you did. And that whole session, as long as the kids leave having had fun. So they could be miserable for the whole 41st minutes. And that last five minutes, you find something that, that they left with a smile on their face. And then when they come back the next time, they're going to say, man, I love soccer. This is great. And it, it, then it improves. And then you, you slowly start to get to the point where all that planning you're doing comes into place. But, but at that age, I mean, you figure the attention spans are maybe 30 seconds at a time. Um, you're, you're, you're more worried about the structure. Um, at this age, I think most of the parents are looking at the kids are getting exercise, that they're having had fun, um, and that they're not the ones doing it. So like, I try to keep it as, as simple as I can. Um, incorporate colors. Uh, some sometimes you just have to take the ball away and, and let them play tag or you know stuff that doesn't really resemble the game. Yeah. No, oh, I brought out I brought out tunnels and balance beams. Yeah. 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 And and sometimes and if it's new, if those yeah. balance beams are new to the kids, they're looking at that. Man, I want to mess with that balance beam thing. Yeah. And so you're not getting their attention. I mean, that's like the, the toys on Christmas Day. Yeah. They play with it that day, and then they want to play with the box that it came in more than they, yeah. they did the toy, you know? So um, at that age, I think the biggest thing is to expect your plan to fall apart. Right. And, and plan for that and just say, all right, listen, we'll, we'll go to just playing tag and running. Because if you can keep those kids moving and playing those games, then it, it – it's going to make your life more enjoyable. Yeah. I find that this group really enjoys uh, what time is it, Mr. Fox? Well, now that we're calling him, what time is it, Mr. Shark? Uh, so they really enjoy that game. So we just, we almost just play that game and then just let it roll because that's what they want to do. <clears throat> so what, what you have to do then, I think, is say, give me five minutes of whatever you want to accomplish. So if it's dribbling or whatever it is that yeah. you're looking to do, give me five minutes of that. And then we will play the game that they want. And yeah. then the next yeah. time, give, give me 10 minutes. Yeah. And they don't know what five and 10 minutes are. Right. You know, they just know that you're, there's something that you want them to do before. Yeah. But they what they want to do is want. also like, but, but I'm addressing the importance of what they want to do. Yes. That it matters. Right. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, I mean, that's essentially the the play practice play model, right? I mean, yeah. If you if you do that, like everybody wants to play the game, you know, nobody wants to do the first part of it. So, um, if, if you can manage that, that's 
uh, I think that's going to make your life much easier. Yeah. And, and you'll get things accomplished. And, but you're also looking at developmentally a very wide range yeah. of age groups. I mean, three to three to six doesn't seem like that much. Oh, it's huge. But it is, yeah, it, it's substantial. This is a huge uh, difference between the five-year-old that's in the class and the three-year-old. Yeah. Uh, um, I mean, and I see it with my own kids. I mean, that's the that's the difference between my own kids. So, yeah. So you you kind of have to cater to like, it's a three and four year old, and it's a five and six year old program. Yeah, is and and some kids are obviously there are some three year olds that could and would follow the program of a five year old, but that's that's not typical. Far between. Yeah, yeah. So how many kids do you have total? Five. Five kids? Yeah. Oh, well, that's it? (laughs) 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 Well, man, I'm thinking it's like 15 kids or something running around. You can't control five kids, Sebastian? (laughs) (laughs) Never mind. I'm not sure what to tell you. (laughs) um quit quit while you're ahead (laughs) well then lay down some pennies and tell them to sit on the pennies and then watch a couple kids do the skills and then all right now you switch and then we'll okay (laughs) i remember i i remember that lay down some penny lay down the penny trick i remember on a 12 year old (laughs) that's right yes um yeah no i mean that but that really that's and that can be even more difficult because you with only five kids they're all best friends and they're all touching each other. And yeah. yeah. So, uh, but I remember, I remember, I remember that penny trick. I remember that penny trick. You told me that the first moment we transitioned teams. Yep. Hey, you got this yeah. one player. You might need to, uh, <laughs> lay that blue penny down, lay that blue penny down and she'll do it. You know who we're talking about? I think I know who you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. But man, by the end of it, was she like locked in? I miss that kid. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. Good luck with that. Thanks. I'll let you know. I mean, we got two yeah. two sessions left, so I think those kids should be juggling by the end of those two sessions. Yep. Juggling. Be, they'll be yeah. bouncing the balls. They'll be juggling the balls right off of Sebastian's head <laughs> as I lay on the floor. <laughs> Here you go. Take this, Mister Fox. You're, the, Mr. Yeah, you're laying on the penny. <laughs> um. Yeah, As, but yeah, it's 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 a new environment for me. It's I don't. It's not. It's not something that I'm. I'm. I was used to. So it's a yeah. it's a learning experience. Um, I think again, I think it's it's the John and It's literally channeling my <clears throat> my times of watching you, and my times of watching Kyle coach. Yeah, and at times, honestly, it's been Lila. Like I've gone to my daughter and gone. All right, do you remember when you did soccer with with Coach Delaney? Like, go through the session with me, and she would go literally. We'd sit in the living room, and go through the session, and then be like, "All right, that's what I'll do." Yeah. Um. So it's too bad I can't really pull her out of school to be like, "Hey, you're gonna run this soccer soccer session for me." Why not? <laughs> <laughs> I'll give that's you a real soccer parent. Give you ten percent. Well, I will tell you this. I I was talking to um somebody we know. And I said, I would like to start a mommy and me program. And I said, it would be aimed at 18 months to 
I think I said two year olds or three year olds. And this this person I was talking to has has a son that was in that age group. And the response was, Well, who's gonna run it? And I looked at it <laughs> and I was like, You, like you, 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 just it's your kid. Like put it's the same age group as the kid that you have. Just put them in it and just throw some balls out and just make it fun. Yeah, I'm not doing that. I was like, all right. Well, I mean, it's, it's it would be, I mean, like if you have a play date at your house, essentially that's what you're doing. Yeah. You're, you're just throwing some, some balls out and your, your kid is socializing and that's, you know, that's the other part of it. It's, it's a socialization aspect yeah, um, yeah. as for these kids, you know, and kind of the they'll learn how to behave and when to behave and when to have free time. Yeah, that's true. Um, all right. Um, uh, let's talk about the Philadelphia Union. Hey, got that dub. Yeah, so you were there. <clears throat> was there. How was it? Uh, hectic. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of Atlas fans. I don't know if they were Atlas fans. There was a lot of Atlas shirts, Mexico shirts. There were two Argentinian fans there. There were some <laughs> Argentinian fans there. There were some Club America shirts. There were some Real Madrid shirts. There was some Barcelona. Everybody, everybody was at the game. Um, good atmosphere though. You know, it was the Atlas side was definitely uh lively. Um, too bad they took that L. Probably should have taken that L by a lot more goals. I think there was a couple of questionable PK calls. I didn't have the replay, but it looked like, you know, one Julian Carranza definitely got hacked in the box. But uh, they squeaked that out, and all the Union have to do is score in Mexico, which is probably harder than it seems. Or not get scored on. Well, if they score, it's it's over. Well, I'm, yeah. Goals. Yeah, but. Okay. Try not to give up six goals. Um, I think Jack Elliott found his spot on the bench. <laughs> you have a new center back. Yeah, Damian Lowe's good, man. And he's fast. Probably he, don't lose voted, he got uh, voted into the was starting 11 of the week of the first leg Scotia of the, Bank, the yeah. Scotiabank CONCACAF Champions League, the Dang. longest Champions League title there is. <laughs> I mean, dude, bet, I mean, if he was not playing for Jamaica versus when they played Orlando, when the union played Orlando, they probably don't give up goals due to lack of pace, but Damian Lowe looks like the guy. Um, And then one other thing I wanted to bring up before we move on to the uh, player of the match. So um, uh, Brazil played England yesterday at Wembley. Uh, in the yeah, what was that? Yeah, someone so, told me about that, and I was just like, "Yeah, what do you mean?" So, yeah, so they so yesterday was in general was a a, a women's FIFA uh, international um, like week kind of thing. So they had they had a bunch of friendlies and stuff like that, um, but uh, um, England played. Brazil at Wembley as the basically what Italy and Argentina did a couple years ago in the finalissima. So the champions of the Euros, the women's Euros, 
and the champions of the um, Women's Club of America. That's cool. So, um, so basically, the Confederations Cup, but just not with all just, the just, teams just, coming just, in. Yeah, just UEFA and uh, and Commonwealth. Um, so Brazil tied the game in like the 94th minute. And then they they went to PKs in England. England won in PKs. Eighty three thousand people at Wembley. I just came up with a money making idea. What's that? Gold Cup versus Copa America. Um, yeah, maybe. Hosted in like Vegas or something. People will come. Sure. Um. Well, you'd, have host that, you'd have to host that more and more in you'd have to host that in North America. No one in South America, I think, would care about that. That's what I'm saying. And so you go to yeah. like Vegas, Miami. Either that, either that, or or you sell the TV rights for it and you host it in like Dubai or something like that. Because that's where those games are now getting like you're getting big money if you bring a game out to Dubai. Oh, how Dubai money? You ain't got Dubai money. I need a camel to get out there. <laughs> Um, hey, you might. How'd you get here? Rode a camel. I rode Carly out there. You might, you might get a FIFA award if you do that. Remember, they, they did, the, they give out those awards that one guy walked across the desert. I want an award. I want to check. Oh, <laughs> I know FIFA has ways to get monies. Yeah, that's true. Very corrupt. I'm trying to just trying to get a couple dollars off the corruption. <laughs> You're just trying to wet the beak. Just wet the beak. <laughs> so you want to openly admit to the idea of corruption and just be a part of it. Just get in and get out. <laughs> I mean, I'm not going to be a part of it. I'm going to be very low, very low on the on the chart. You know, on like all the crime movies, they got the chart. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the guy, they're just like, nah, we're not worried about him. <laughs> He only took a couple mil. <laughs> anything under 10 mil, you're probably good, right? Yeah, I mean, anything that starts with an M and not a B, I think you're okay. Oh, well, it's up until 100 mil. <laughs> well, I mean, that starts to, you start, you know. All right, 50 mil. Just, you know, like you said, what the beak, right? Whatever that, whatever that number is. <laughs> 42 uh, mil. Then I could build data to turf field. There you go. Then you can do that. And then I can rent it and start making some income. I mean, you could also uh you could also buy Sasha's uh 1.5 million dollar mansion. No, oh, man, I ain't buying that. Uh more so, bathrooms than he has bedrooms. You can't even have a party over there. I guess you I mean, could because you have more bathrooms, but uh Dan, I don't know if Dwayne shared this with you, but uh Sasha, the Maryland coach. Yes, uh, is selling his house for one point five million dollars in Maryland, and it's got a it's got a practice turf field in the back with goals. Perfect. Yeah, that's, that's, go get it. You, uh, you probably need to get a better sponsor than the one that you have right now. <laughs> but I'm sure I'm sure the podcast will be able to fund it. <clears throat> podcast mention. Yeah. See if uh, Sac United's looking for a technical. Director, <laughs> there you yeah. go. Or maybe um, the other sack, or maybe the other sack. Wait, so what's he going to do then? I think he's going to move to a different house. <laughs> <laughs> uh, he's, he's, he's just downsizing. 
<laughs> or upgrading. Or, uh, yeah. He's going to upgrade uh, to a full field now, not a practice one. Yeah. <laughs> He's moving. He's going to build his house right now on the, on the soccer field on campus. Well, yeah, don't they, like don't some like don't some colleges have like a president's house on campus? He's just gonna have a house in Maryland. Yeah, yeah forget this. Forget this drive and this traffic. No, just give me a golf cart. And it, he probably bought the house for two hundred fifty thousand dollars three years ago. And uh, the market over there is that yeah. is it is crazy. Um, or Wayne Rooney's just come in to buy his house. <laughs> yep, Wayne Rooney gave him an offer. Said, hey. There you go, coach on DC United. All right, let's uh, let's move on to the play. Then let's or, or what? Sebastian. What you know? You're one of eight undefeated high school soccer teams in the state. Oh yeah, yeah. No, I didn't know that. He named the other seven. Other seven. Uh, yes, I can. I think. Um, Caravel. Oh, I got pull it back up. Oh, see, you don't even know. All right, Caravel. Yeah. Well, if we're t- counting ties, there's a little bit more. Okay. All right. So undefeated have won all their games. Sorry. Uh, so hold, on. hold on. I'll give you the Caravel one. one two. <clears throat> all right. I'm trying not to cheat here. So hurry up before I start going to websites or swords. It's probably like 10 or 12 at that point. Eight. Come on, man! Sorry, just... was eight. No, sorry, they were counted. My bad, my bad. False, false alarm. Oh, so is so it is eight? Yeah, it's eight. Okay, all right. So, Caravel, do you want to edit this section? Like, we'll just start this over. <laughs> nah, we'll just keep it. <laughs> we'll just keep it. All right. So, I'm smarter than I look. <laughs> this is like that. All right. So, uh, Caravel. Okay. Archmere. Okay. Um. St. Mark's. Yep. Obviously Odessa. So that's four. Um Brandywine. Five. Uh boy. Uh it's not Padua. It's not middle. Uh, the, the division one one you won't get. <laughs> the division one one? Yeah. Uh you coach some of these kids too, so St. George's. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I knew that one. Um so that's six. Uh I think it's one of the Wilmington schools. Uh char- charter? Nope. Friends. Yep. All right, so friends. The other one's a Wilmington school too. Uh it's not Christian. It is Christian. Christian, okay. So you know, huh? you're just not playing games. Oh, no, plenty okay. games. All right. Okay. <laughs> All right. Yeah. There you go. So not bad. I think I got what six out of six out of eight right away. Yeah. I knew one of them was one of the ones with the schools. I just couldn't remember which one. I mean, unfortunately, Indian River is no longer in that category after whatever happened yesterday against Delmar. Yeah. Um. All right. Now we're going to move on to the player of the match. Can you name the defense? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> can you name the schools that have not won a game? I don't think I can name all the schools in the state. No. Well, everybody in Division One has won a game. Okay, well, that's good. Division Two? No. 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 
Um, all right. Uh, I'm going to give my player of the match to, surprisingly enough, to the Odessa Ducks. Uh, pulled off an overtime right. win on uh, on Wednesday um, against an opponent that, that presented a bigger challenge that maybe originally we expected. But I think it was a good... Um, a good character challenge and a good like adversity challenge to a group that is young still and hasn't faced a lot of those those challenges before. So very, very happy for them. So they did a good job. And uh no, that's it. That's it. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll stop there. Uh Dan, we'll go with you. You have a player of the match. Well, it kind of goes in line with this, this conversation we're having. Um, any coach that returns year after year to a program that doesn't win a game. Yep. I mean, it, regardless of the reason why they do it, the fact of the matter is we struggle to get coaches that want to be involved. And when it, it, when you have a program that doesn't win year after year and you keep getting kids to come out and keep creating options for for the youth to play. Um, I, I think you know, those players or those coaches, I mean, deserve a lot of credit for yeah. for the fact that they keep showing up. Um, and I don't know, Dwayne could probably tell me all the undefeated or all the defeated teams out there. Um, but I mean, there are some schools that year after year, they don't, they don't win. Um, one or two win teams. Yeah. You know, and, and a lot of times it's the same coaches that come back and they keep coming back for the kids. And those, those are, I think are the, the folks that really deserve a lot of credit. Yeah. I like that. Um, Dwayne. You give mine out to all the middle school sports people, middle school sports coaches. I mean, shout out to Simo and hope for refing a game yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, the middle school athletic directors, even the bus drivers. Um, my kids that I coach have been raving about, you know, middle school girls soccer. They're having a great time, fantastic time. Um, it might not be the best brand of soccer out there, but they're having a good time. And uh, I mean, I think it's just a great opportunity seeing all the transportation issues. Yeah, there are. Um, you know, with teams getting dropped off three hours before games, just so they have a way there and a bus can take the kids home from school. So just to see middle school sports still be a part. Big things. Big things. Yeah. Um, all right. On this day in soccer history. All right. Uh April seventh, nineteen seventy nine. All right. Dan was around. Dan, were you Dan. around? Dan, what were Dan, you doing? Dan was around. That's back when Dan started playing soccer. Oh, there you go. Uh, it would have been <clears throat> a little bit later, but yes, 1979. Uh, he's got a CDSA picture. No, I was in Guam then. Oh. Yep. He was on the Guam national team. On the on the Guam youth national uh, team. Yeah, U5 national team. <laughs> <laughs> you, you and Kyle. You and Kyle. Did you, you and Kyle ever... Have you, you five get over here. <laughs> <laughs> have, uh, have you and Kyle ever traded Guam stories? Uh, yes. <laughs> yes. 
Well, we talk, I mean, the reality yes. is, is has Kyle shared with you all this story? <laughs> you mean, did I get a word in? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, Kyle was there um, a few years after I was. Oh, okay. But yes. Yep. He was he was Dan's replacement on the U5 national team. <laughs> That's it. There you go. <laughs> yep. Um, all right. Uh April seventh, nineteen seventy nine. Uh have you ever heard the name Steve Brignall? Um probably. <laughs> is, is that the guy that sits down at the end of the bar and walk in? <laughs> Um, so unless you were watching the Arsenal Liverpool game on April 7th, 1979, uh, we from, didn't have that in Guam from the 75th minute to the 90th minute. That might be the only time you would have caught Steve Brignall ever playing in the Premier League, which is why he sits at the end of the bar now. <laughs> <laughs> so, so April 7th, 1979, Steve Brignall, an Arsenal Academy uh, player made his debut for the Gunners uh, for a total of 15 minutes, and that will be the only 15 minutes he will ever have played in the Premier League. 15 minutes of fame. He must have stunk it up. Did they not have (laughs) extra time? (laughs) No. (laughs) (laughs) They had a knowledge they counted down, and once they hit zero, it's over. He could have had a full half hour of playing time if he made that 15 minutes in the World Cup this year. Past year, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, there you go, Steve Brignall. Just bringing awareness to those, uh, those. Uh, well, now I know what to call that guy at the end of the bar, <laughs> Steve, Steve. 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 Stevie B. There you yeah, go. That's right. Um. All right. Uh, the Dan Simmons Fair Play of the Week Award brought to you by Dan Simmons. <laughs> Dan Simmons. Yeah. Dan, we'll give you uh we'll give you the uh the the, the first the first go out of today. Since it well, is I since since I have been so fortunate to have my name attached to this, I would like to to give my fair play award to the two of you. I think it's fantastic what what you guys have done. And what are we at? Like 140 this is 145. Yeah, 145 He's catching episodes. up on the podcast. <laughs> you guys have taken it interstate. Are you international yet? Oh yeah. Yeah. So I mean to have an international podcast um that doesn't make any revenue <laughs> uh and keeps on and keeps on going. I mean that that is that that's the kind of dedication that, that we look for. So yeah, not I, only not only do we not have do we not make any money, we actually have giveaways that we give away for free. I was gonna say <laughs> yeah. send them send yeah. them that sponsorship package. Yeah, I mean we got we have stickers probably uh we'll have stickers long before or long after we're gone as human beings. <laughs> um and we still have koozies left. I didn't know there were stickers and koozies and no, now yeah. NFTs. And now NFT. <laughs> That's an, awesome. We have an NFT launch later. Yeah. See, so 100% why you guys deserve the Dan Simmons Fair Play Award. Thank so you. keep it up. Thank you, guys. Thanks. I appreciate it. 
Um, all right, mine, my fair play of the week, or my Dan Simmons fair play of the week award goes to players that support other players. Um, I think we get stuck in this mentality at times where, um, at times in high school soccer, uh, we look at playing time as something different, and and it's you know it's tough or it's harder. I think it's harder to support somebody when they need it than it is to just you know look the other way. Um, so, um, so yeah, there, there was moments where, where some of my players supported each other, uh, in some tough moments. And I felt like that was a, that was a good, that was a good moment to, to see. And hopefully, hopefully next time the thing that leads up to the player needing support doesn't happen anymore. But the fact that her teammates were there to, to pick her up was, was good. So, um, yeah. Uh, Dwayne, mine is going to go to Stephen Covey. Seven habits of effective people. Um, seen it kind of twofold at school this week. You know, kids were leading adults around, being leaders, showing them around, telling them about their school, and then it translated into soccer practice on Wednesday, where drill wasn't going as planned, but. Before I even had a chance to open my mouth, the players were out there fixing it, encouraging their teammates, picking them up, demanding more, wanting to get better. I told the kids, I said, hey, only good teams get to go to Disneyland and amusement parks for these tournaments, Hershey Park and all that stuff. If you're not playing good, you can't go to these tournaments. So they got the point. All right. Not a dream killer, but they got the point. Play better, you go to these cool tournaments. <laughs> Play bad, you go to these backyard tournaments <laughs> with no grass on the fields. Yeah. Um. Okay. Well, Dan, as always, it's been an absolute honor, super fun to have you on the podcast. Well, I would like to thank you guys. I, I know that um, that you've invited me a few times and the schedule doesn't work out, but what we'll do is I'll talk to my scheduler um, and see what we can do to make arrangements to, to get back on. Yeah. Always a pleasure. I love next Friday. You don't have school next Friday. (laughs) Maybe make next Friday. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Back to back weeks. That'd be great. Okay. There you go. Perfect. Well, thanks for joining us this week. And remember always receive the ball on your front foot.